Welcome to Wednesday Night at Faith Assembly, featuring the ministry of Senior Pastor Phil Goss. We're glad you've joined us. We're going through the book of Philippians. We now go into chapter 2. Let me just give you a little review so that we stay with what we're doing, because chapter 2 is connected to chapter 1. And if you'll remember at the end of chapter 1, what Paul is saying, look, I want you to live together in unity. I know there's struggles going on. I know there's issues that go on. There's some people coming in trying to destroy things, as there always is. Because whenever God tries to do something, the enemy's always resisting that, isn't he? And so he says, look, you've suffered. You do that, but remain faithful. Do that so that no matter what I do or where I go or what I see, I'll know that you're doing what's right. And so then he goes into Philippians chapter 2, verse 1. We're going to pair these apart, but let me just read it to you. Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ and any comfort from his love, any fellowship together in the Spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, working together with one mind and purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourself. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. All right, so let's go through what we just read. First of all, you have to answer the four questions. He puts in, in verse one, four questions. Now, I'm going to give you the answers to this up front, all right? Because it's an easy answer. The answer to everything is yes. Okay? I mean, it's not hard to know. That's the way it is. So answer the four questions. First question, is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Oh, you know there is. I'm encouraged because I got eternal life. I'm encouraged because I'm a child. I can always be, I don't care what kind of day you have, you can always be encouraged. I am a child of God. I belong to him. Second question, is there any comfort from his love? Yes. Isn't it great to know that God loves you? You don't have to earn that love. He just loves you, period. I don't have to earn it. I don't have to work for it. I don't have to do certain things. He just loves me. That's just an overwhelming fact and any comfort. In fact, the Holy Spirit is called the comforter. There's comfort in knowing in this world today, no matter what anybody else says or think, I have eternal life and God loves me. Third question. Is there any fellowship together in the Spirit? Yes, there is. We have unity because of Christ. On top of that, we have a relationship with the Spirit. Now, there's a thing and a theme that goes through this, and we'll probably talk about it again in the weeks coming up. But the thing, unity, we have this fellowship together. We don't all see eye to eye. We don't all agree on things. But we believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He came to save us. He loves us. And we're to work with Him. And that brings us together. And we lay our differences aside so that we can do what God wants us to do. So is there any fellowship together? You know, I got a relationship with God, a relationship with the Spirit. Yeah. Next question. Are your hearts tender and compassionate? I hope so. Answer should be yes, right? 
We are to have a tender and compassionate heart, not just for some people, but for all people. We are to be people of mercy. Now, here's the hardest people in the world for you to be compassionate with, the people you live with, the people you know well. You lose compassion sometimes for them, don't you? Keep your heart tender and compassionate. So then Paul goes into the next verse and he says, look, if if that's the case, if this is true, and it is, then I want you to apply the instructions I'm going to give you. And here's how he starts it. He says, look, I'm going to insist on agreement. I'm going to assist on agreement. Now, notice how he starts this verse. He says, is there anything for this? Anything? The answers are obvious. They're there. Everybody knows they should answer yes. He says, then, if that's the case, then. That word then is a big word in that sentence. Then, if that's true, then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other. Well, I'll agree if I have to. No, wholeheartedly, willingly, joyfully, I will agree. I don't have to have my way. We don't see everything true, but yet we can agree together of what really matters in life. The love of God, the comfort of God, the presence of God, the joy that God gives to us. And so he says, look, if all that's true, then here's what I want you to do. I want you to agree with all of your heart with each other. Now notice, he's not writing to non-Christians. He's writing to the church. He's writing to the people of God. And he's saying, here's what I want for you. I want you to agree together. There is power in agreement. The church is weak when the people in the church can't get along. I don't care what church you go to. I don't care where it is. If the people can't get along, the church is weak. So he says, look, make me happy. If all that's true, then I want you to agree with each other. I insist on it. This is what needs to happen. Then he says, I want you to intentionally love others. Not just the people you care about, not the people you like. I want you to love everyone, your brothers and sisters. I want you to love one another. And I want you to do it intentionally because love is a choice, right? Here's what he says, loving one another. I want you to agree wholeheartedly together because you love one another. Love is a choice. I can't love them. Yes, you can if you want to. The issue is, I don't want to love them. Well, they're unlovable. No, they're not. God loves them. If God loves them, you can love them, right? And so he says, look, I want you to love one another. I want you to give yourself to one another. I want you to be willing to lay down your lives for one another. I want you to make that choice and this decision. And I want you to do this with all your heart. I want you to agree because you love because that's what love does, doesn't it? 
Here's what love does. Love tries to get along with people. New concept for some people. Well, I'll love you as long as you do what I like. I'll love you as long as I agree with you. I'll love you as long as you're perfect. I'll love you as long as I get my way. As long as, and here's love today, I'll love you as long as you give me what I want. You meet my needs. And so he says, look, I want you to agree wholeheartedly. There's struggles going on. I understand that. There's suffering. There's the people in there that want to divide you. Don't let that happen. Agree wholeheartedly. Love one another. And I want you to include others. I want you to just understand that you just don't love a few, that you love all. Because isn't that the heart of the gospel? Over and over and over again, all throughout the New Testament. You know what? You wouldn't have most of the New Testament if people would just get along. Because the New Testament is written, in most cases, in, in almost every, Ephesians, Philippians, Corinthians, all of them, people aren't getting along. There's a little light going on yet. This is an important fact through Scripture, and the hardship is that you and I are to include each other. Notice what he says. I want you to work together with one mind and one purpose. In other words, you and I are to join our arms, join our forces to do whatever we can do for the cause of Jesus Christ. And the cause of Jesus Christ brings us together, keeps us together, and we have to guard it so that we don't allow anything else to destroy that. We are one, an old course said, we're one in the bond of love. We are. Not getting a lot of amens right here. Because you see, we don't like making that commitment. Well, I'll do it if they'll do it. No, that's not what love does. God loved us when we didn't love him. Love loves no matter what the response is or reaction is from anybody else. And if you judge people and condemn people and make things people and your relationship with people is affected by how they treat you or how they act towards you or what you think about it, then you're not a loving person. And so he says, look, I want you to do everything you can to work together. Not work on your own, not do your own thing, but work together. Wholeheartedly, because you love each other, do what God wants you to do. We got any questions yet? No. Didn't think so. Then say no to indulgent living. Say no to indulgent living. So if I'm going to do that, if I'm going to live that way, as Paul is telling these people to do, Here's what I have to say no to. Here's what he says. Don't be selfish. <laughs> we don't live for ourselves. We live for God, which means we live for others. But you see, we tend to live by what's in it for me. What am I going to get out of this? And he says, look, I don't want you to think of just yourself. Now, you've heard me say this over and over. What causes divisions in relationships? 
selfishness when I only care about me and not the others. And so he says, look, I want you to include everybody in this. I want you to work together and I don't want you to indulge you. I want you to live for others. Don't be selfish. And then don't live to impress others. Don't try to manipulate them. And it's very simple. What's he say? Don't try to impress others. You see, we all want to be noticed. We all want to try and make a good impression. And yet, Jesus talked with his disciples one day. He was teaching them and he said, look, there are these men, the Pharisees, that they go on the street corner and they pray so that people will notice that they're praying, that they'll think they're righteous, that they think they're doing what's right, that they'll put on a show for you. They're not praying because they want to talk to God. They're just praying so that other people will see them. They'll get some points. Other people will think highly of them. And what does Jesus say about them? That's their reward. That's it. You're not getting a reward from me. You can get a reward from everybody else thinking you're something when you're not. And he says, they have the reward. And so he says, don't be like that. He says, when you pray, don't worry about who's watching and what you're doing. Just go off by yourself and do what you need to do, even if no one notices. Because if you have to be noticed, you're serving the wrong God. God always notices what you do, doesn't he? Even when you do it and no one else is around, correct? And so Paul writes, he says, look, I don't want you to impress other people. I I don't want you to try and put on a show for them. I don't want you to be doing this because you're thinking about you and all that you can get and, and you want other people to notice you and pat you on the back and tell you how great you are. And, you know, oh, have you ever been around somebody that they're always kind of on edge and you know that if you don't say hi to them or if you don't say the right thing to them, they'll kind of get a little attitude about it? I know you're not like that, but you know somebody who is, right? And somebody walks by you and doesn't say a thing. Well, who am I? What's going on? Why, why? You see, we live for God. We'll do all we can for others. I'm going to, with my whole heart, love people and do what I can to work together. And if I'm going to work together, it means that I've got to come to a place where I will include everybody else to that, and I'll not just do it for myself and have to try to impress the people around me. The person I want to impress is God. And it takes a little something to impress God. It takes a heart. And only God sees that. Man looks on the outside but God looks on the inside. So if you want to impress someone, he's the one you want to do it, and he's looking on the inside about what's going on. We still good? Now, Paul just keeps driving this home. Man, this guy doesn't let up. He starts with, is this true? Is this true? Is this true? Is this true? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Then, get along. Love each other. Work together. Don't live for yourself. Don't live to try to impress people. And make others more important. 
make others more important. So here's what he says. Verse 3. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Now this word humility, and I'll probably mention this again because we're going to pick this up, but let me just tell you now. This word humility, in, in essence, is almost a Christian word. In this day and time, the word really didn't exist. Paul kind of makes it up. Because you see, the Greeks, humble, that's the lowest thing in the world. Who would want to do that? The Romans, humble, no way, man. You crush people. Only the strong survive. And Paul throws this theme into the church and says, I want you to be humble. How do you do that? He defines it. You think of others as more deserving than you. Now you see, humility is not putting yourself down. Humility is considering others higher than you. It's not you saying, I'm nothing, I'm a worm, I'm no good. Well, that's not true, and that's not what the Bible says about you. Humility says, you know what, I know who I am in Christ. And I'm going to live for others more than I'm going to live for me. I'm not going to be selfish. I'm not going to try to impress people. It's not about me, it's about others. And the hardest thing in your walk with God is your tendency to be selfish our tendency to be selfish, putting ourselves first. Well, I don't like this. Well, I don't agree with this. Well, I think it should do. Doesn't matter. See, it's Christmas time. Now, uh, one thing, let me help you in buying presents. When you're buying a present for somebody, don't buy them what you like. <laughs> That's selfish. Buy them what they like. World of difference, isn't there? And humility says, look, other people are more deserving than I am. I don't have to have the attention. I don't have to put myself in a place where people are noticing me. I want to do everything I can to help others get noticed. I want to do everything I can to relieve the burden from other people. I want to do everything I can to make people feel more important. And so he says, look, be humble. Thinking of yourselves, that word better kind of gets us. Well, they're not better than I am. No, we're all equal in God's sight. So the better term is considering others, others more deserving. In other words, others in that ladder of success, they need to be a rung or two or three or four above me. And so he says, make others more important. And then he's not done. Be genuinely interested in others. <laughs> you mean I got to do this and really care about them? You mean I got to do this and just, you know? Uh, boy, this gets hard. And here's what he says. Don't look out only for your own interest. Take an interest in others too. You see, we kind of take care of number one, don't we? It's easy to say people are important. 
it's harder to look out for their interest. You know, see, we, we kind of cover this and veil it at times. Well, I'm telling you this only because I care and I'm really interested in you. And if anybody ever tells you that, they're probably lying. Because they're telling you this because you're ticking me off and I don't like what you're doing and I don't agree with what you're doing. And you need to straighten up right now. And God has sent me here to tell you, stop it. Right? There's no mercy in that, is there? There's no compassion in that, is there? And so Paul writes to these folks in Philippians. He says, look, I know you in the church. I love you guys. And you've done a lot. And I care about you. And I just want to encourage you that no matter whether I see you or hear about you, I want to hear that you're getting along. And I want to see that you're getting along together. I know there are people that are coming in that are trying to disrupt you. I know that there's problems. And I know there's suffering going on because of your stand for Christ. But is there comfort in God's love? Is there any fellowship in the Spirit? Is there any encouragement? Are your hearts tender? Yeah, Paul, I'm right there. Then, you know what? Start getting along together. Love other people and include everybody in that and do what you can to serve anyone and don't serve yourself and don't think about what you're going to get and don't make it all about you and don't try to impress people. Make other people more important and really care about them and be interested in them. That, friends, is the heart of Christianity. Say, oh, I just want to love and worship God. Great. But God says, if you love me, you're going to love people. And you can worship all you want and give God all kinds of praise and be real spiritual and all that, and you should. But if you don't put action to it, you're just a loud, clanging symbol because there is no love in it. Oh, I love God. No, you don't. What do you mean I don't? The Bible says if you don't love others, you don't love God. That's pretty harsh. And so he says, be interested in people. Not what I want to do. What do they want? What would be in their best interest? How can I serve them so that they get what they want and beyond? verses here to tie it together. Galatians, Paul writes to that church, he says, you've been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Don't be selfish. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. I remember years ago I read that and suddenly I began to realize. Paul, remember when Jesus was asked what's the greatest commandment? He gave two, didn't he? Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, body, and spirit. Love your others. Paul says, look, the whole thing can be summed up in one. Love your neighbor as yourself. Because you can't do that without loving God. 1 Corinthians 10.24 don't be concerned for your own good, but for the good of others. So whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. 
don't give offense to the Jews or the Gentiles or the church. I too try to please everyone in everything I do. I don't just do what's best for me. I do what's best for others so that they may be saved. And you should imitate me just as I imitate Christ. What if everyone in the church was just like you? I know initially you think, oh, it'd be great. Finally, we'd get something done. Finally, we'd have what I like. (laughs) But we sometimes can't even get along with ourselves. So Paul writes and he says, look, here's the heart of it. I know what you're going through. I care about you. I hear about you. Let me help you. If all that's true, then here's how you got to live. And that's still true today, isn't it? And it's still the heart of the gospel of Christ. How do we know that? Because it's just so hard to do, isn't it? That's why you have to die to yourself so that you can live for Christ. So how are you doing? Take a moment. Just you and God. God, here I am. Take a moment. Just ask. Talk to him for a minute. Lord, here we are tonight. It's a great season. It's a great time. It's a season of giving. You gave you to us. And the right response is us giving ourselves to you. And that's much more than just saying, forgive me. I love you, God. That's where it starts. That's the beginning. But then that love that you now place within our hearts because of our love for you and your love for me now spreads to everybody around me. So Lord, would you help me to live in a manner that pleases you. You so love the world that you gave your son. Help me to give my life for the world. We go to live that. In thy name we pray. Everybody said? Amen. God bless you as you go. Thank you for joining us for tonight's service. If you would like to talk with someone about what you've heard, please visit our website at faith.ag or call us at 239-543-2700. If you're in the Fort Myers area and don't already have a church home, you're invited to join us for Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. We also gather on Sunday mornings at 815 and 1045 a.m. Faith Assembly is located at 7101 Bayshore Road. Join us again next time for Wednesday night at Faith Assembly. Faith Assembly's Wednesday night is a production of Faith Assembly Media Tech, North Fort Myers, Florida.